This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome to On the Record with your host, Ashram Lux Lucid. All right, welcome to another episode of On the Record. I'm your host, Astrum Lux Lucis. And in-house today, we have Osha Deemer. Osha is an awesome individual who I've actually known for, oh gosh, probably about 15 years now. And uh, we reconnected through Facebook, like probably most people do. And um, I never, you know, it's it's kind of funny. I've known her all this time, but I've never actually known truly what she did until I went to her webpage and took a look at her bio and was like, oh, wow, like super cool. So uh, Osha is a the healer's healer, and she has founded a company called Travel Wellness that produced a vocal spray, which I use all the time. It's very awesome, called uh, Vocal Ease. And then she's since, I believe, sold that company. She's got some other endeavors going on. She is the healer to the star. She's worked on the Lilith Fair, the Dixie Chicks, Emmylou Harris, and Shania Twain. And she's also set up camp at the Grammys and Country Music Awards and other high-profile functions. And she's just an awesome person. So today we're going to talk about how the healer can be involved with the music and entertainment industry. So, Osha, you want to give us a little 411 on yourself? Yeah, sure. Thanks. And uh, thanks for inviting me to the show. Um, I was actually a long story short, but in 1980, um, this is just, I'm all about synergy and, you know, how everything I think happens for a reason. And um, in 1980, I was, I actually had a business card a long time ago that said plumber, drummer, healer, because um, I re- I started drumming when I was three and then I realized I had a gift and could, I was a seer. I could see mental, physical, and emotional memory that the body was holding like a movie when I was 15. And I started being a plumber when I was 20 in Seattle. And so um, I was working at Paul Allen's place and um, I saw this picture of this woman on the wall and I was like, wow, I mean, this beautiful woman. I was like, wow, you know, is that his wife? And I went back to the office and I'm like, is that his wife? And they're like, oh, no, that's Amy Lou Harris. Is really, really good friend, and she's um, she's shooting an album cover over on his island right now. So I was like, oh, cool, you know, and so that was 1980, and um, I was in a really wicked car wreck in 1996, and uh, I had been wanting to stop what I was doing, to stop plumbing for years, and I just, you know, I felt guilty about it, and I didn't really know how to quit. And so the universe just went, you know, you're you're in a big car wreck and you, you know, I hit my head and had a head injury and I was, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop plumbing. And so um, I did. And I was friends with a woman named Jan, who was Emmy Lou Harris's lighting designer. And it turned out that, um, let's see, 80, 16 years later, I, Emmy Lou Harris was the first person I ever went out on the road with. And uh, I was talking to Jan, and she's like, why don't you come out and take care of us? And I'm like, oh, okay. 
so I did that, and um, Emmy had some stints on the Lilith Fair tour, and I got to take care of, uh, at the time, it was Sarah and Jules and Emmy and Lisa Loeb and the Indigo Girls. And I was uh, the only person that I ever knew at that time to really be out on the road and, you know, healing the healers, uh, taking care of the artists that are really healing and touching the world with their gifts and music. And um, so I moved to Nashville in 1996 and started, um, you know, working on everyone in the industry there and uh, A&R department of Sony and, you know, just label heads and tons of artists that go out on the road and get emotionally, mentally, physically beat up and come back to Nashville and I'd lay them on my table and use my gifts and put them all back together and, you know, slap them on the ass and tell them to go do it again. And they would. <laughs> so, you know, I I, um, I really, I love uh, being a musician. I, I know how, you know, profound music touches people's lives in a worldly way. Um, tone actually changes the molecular structure of the body, um, which was told to me by Carlos Santana at the Grammys one year. And um, so I just, I got into the business you know, I just it just happened, and then it snowballed, and you know, I did Nashville and and tons of artists there, and I, it was really funny when I was out with the Dixie Chicks. It's like I remember a couple times when the girls would ask me something, or I would look at Natalie and tell her what was exactly what was wrong with her, and she'd freak out. And I used to kind of shock. You know, there was always a shock factor involved in uh, what I did. And because I could really see people's lives and witness to them. So, um, yeah, and, you know, I did all, you know, tons of award shows. And I would, my big thing is that, you know, you know, my motto is it doesn't, I don't care how many things you take care of, but you got to take care of the people. And so for me, just being out on the road and taking care of production and the bus drivers and even sometimes the, you know, like I remember working on a woman who was probably in her, you know, 68, who was doing security at one of the shows. And, you know, her back was killing her, and I could tell. And so it doesn't, you know, they're all the same people. To me, it's like it doesn't matter if you're the star or the gaffer. You're, you know, you're still there supporting each other. And so it was really, really important to me to make sure that everyone was taken care of. And, yeah, well, uh, they're all part of the whole, right? I mean, if if one, one cog in the wheel is not working, then... It, you know, the whole thing's not going to work. And, and from the smallest person to the biggest person, they're all there together in the same energy field. So that's great that, you know, you can recognize that and bring that energy together to make it synergistic, like you were talking about before with synergy. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it just builds the morale. And, and after a while, I, you know, I didn't, I just would go out on the road. Like the sixth week on the road is really, the hardest it's kind of like when the honeymoon's over for the new people on crew and everyone starts letting down their guard and then all of the dysfunction comes to the surface and it really needs to be um you know and everyone's there really trying really hard to work together and so it just you know i just go out and i used to you know about the sixth week in different bands and just make everyone feel loved and cared for and then i'd leave and then there would be a lot of more harmony um with the tour and with everything moving forward and um yeah so you know there's that and then in uh 2001 when i was out on the road 
with artists, there wasn't a throat spray. I'll talk about vocalese for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't have alcohol and also medicinally treated. And so I called the only throat spray company in the health food stores on the market. And I said, you know, hey, I'm I'm working with all of the top artists. You know, I'm, I mean, I've you know, all the Grammy artists and stuff. And, you know, you make the only throat spray, but it has alcohol and alcohol is drying to the throat. And if you're, you know, in recovery, you can't use it. And he was like, I don't care. It's not my demographic. Crap. And so... I started, um, you know, I put 12 different kinds of vocalies together in bottles and I took it to the A&R department of Sony and I had those people that I worked on there pick down to three bottles and I took it to the Country Music Awards and I had all the artists there try the three bottles and it was like the formula, there was only one throat spray in the market the whole time I owned it with one flavor, which it didn't really have a flavor, it was just, you know, a bunch of medicinal herbs that treated the lungs and throat and uh, lubricated, um, which is what they were looking for. And uh, so I I was the first wellness company to ever be a member of NAM, which is the National Association of Musical Merchandisers, and also um, was the only throat spray to be for sale in Guitar Center for 13 and a half years before I sold the company. So... You know, my big thing was, you know, people needed it. It didn't really exist, and so I created it, and I already had an audience for it. Um, I created nine products, actually, um, while I had that company, and I used the artists as my guinea pigs, and if <laughs> it for them, and I'm sure it was going to work for other people. But, you know, and, and the crews used it, and I created Crew Brew um, for Lincoln Park. I was out on the road. um was out on a Project Revolution tour uh, gig, and all the artists were getting B12 shots, and the crew wasn't. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, they're working 15-hour days, and they're, what? And so yeah. I created Crew Brew, and it's, like, packed full of vitamin B, and it has, um, it also had astragalus and um, um, echinacea, and um, it had uh, reishi, maitake mushrooms, and just to build the immune system. So it gave you tons of energy and it also really built up your immune system. And um, it's called B12 Better Now uh, since I sold the company. But, um, yeah, I mean, I love, you know, it's like business. In business, it's really important to uh, follow your heart. And also, it, there's, you know, I read this book a long time ago. I highly recommend it. It's called The Blue Ocean of Business. And, it's like, you know, everyone's usually moving in the same direction, like on Whole Foods shelves, right? It's like, I didn't really care if Vocalese was on Whole Foods shelf. What I cared about was the people who really needed it got it. So I'm like, okay, who really needs this? Well, speakers, teachers, preachers, choirs, phone reps, hmm, everybody. But I, I, I took it to them instead of waiting for them to come and get it. So I found ways to distribute to them and, and with everything I create, it's like I create it based on a need, and then I'm and then I'm like, what's the quickest way to get the need met to the people with the least amount of work that the people have to do to get it? So, if you create something, you know, it's like, okay, well, don't go the way the cattle are going, you know, don't move in the same direction. Look behind you because there's this whole entire ocean of people that people aren't paying attention to. So I, yeah. I think that that's 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 really helped 
you know, me be really successful in, in taking care of people, which is my, you know, I always say, take care of the people and the money will follow. So <laughs> awesome. My, nice. Yeah, that's, I like yeah, it. that's my philosophy. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, I want to go back a little bit and talk about the um, becoming a healer. Like you said you were like 15. That's kind of when you discovered this. And so um, what, yeah. what, what did you kind of, what happened that you all of a sudden realized that you had this? Well, I was, you know, I have a grandmother who was born in 1900 and she passed away in 1993 and she was also a musician, had a degree in music in 1919. And her father was a musician and made, you know, anyway, he was friends with this Ojibwe medicine man who used to come to the house in Quebec and heal his children. And my grandmother was one of them. And so she really, um, you know, got encouraged. I believe that we all come in with the ability to, I think we all come into this, onto this planet um, as advanced beings because we are an evolving race. And that it's just like whether you're encouraged to remember or not. And I was really encouraged by my grandmother who used to, you know, heal me when I was a kid and, I used to tell people that my first two languages were French and telepathy because (laughs) we used to speak a lot without speaking at all. And so that really helped me read body language, which helped me identify what, what were, what was going like somebody can tell me something, but if their body tells me something else, I'm going to believe their body before I believe their words. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was I was 15 and I went to a now march in Chicago and now for all of you who don't know what that means was the National Organization of Women back then and um, I sat on this blanket with this little girl and she was crying and I'm like you know and and she said she had a headache and so I took her hand and I held it in my hand and when I placed my hand on her hand I could actually see inside her body up to her head and I pulled the headache out of her hand and she's like "Ooh, now it's in the back of my head and so I turned her hand over and I did the same thing and I was like she's like oh it's gone and I'm like wow you know and then I I really thought you know I'm like if I could do that I can do anything and so at 15 um I started having a lot of really powerful people come into my life and you know and I really got that you know not you know don't question what you know but always question what you think because our mm. thinking completely outwits our knowing. And yeah. um, so I just, you know, I just practiced that. And um, I was written up in a lore magazine in, 19, I think, 1999 um, for the best-kept health and beauty secrets to the stars because this woman came to me in Nashville, who I didn't know, wrote for that magazine and um I just read her and told her all about her life and I witnessed her life to her and helped transform some things and you know I've I've worked on cancer and um pituitary gland tumors and broken bones like hairline fractures are kind of my favorite and traveled in airports between LA and Nashville a lot and I would work on flight attendants and people that I would just get messages about, you know, like I would be sitting across from someone and just get a message that this was wrong with this person and I would approach them and say, oh, you have blah, 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 and they're like freaking out going, how'd you know that? (laughs) But I was never denied. Like no one ever denied me 
assisting them. So, um, yeah. So I've I've never really been denied help because I because I'm trusting my knowing. My knowing is telling me about this person, and then I therefore know that I need to share it with them. So I do. You know, I still do today, and um, and I do it freely and givingly because you know I sometimes can touch someone for 20 seconds and they're better, and it's like you know there's no I I believe in um, you know like a, ethereal bank accounts and and uh because of that you know i'm i'm more than a multimillionaire just from my ethereal bank account from all the people's lives who i've touched over the last 40 years actually so yeah oh yeah you've got definitely you, i would say billionaire at that point <laughs> 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 maybe even trillionaire, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Hi, this is Ashton Luxlusis, host of On the Record on the EWN Radio Network. With aligning with North America's number one resource for connecting and promoting women in business positively influence your business profile and success? Does the idea of positioning your product or service as champion of an exceptional international online platform tailored to women in business sound lucrative? Do you want collaborations with high-caliber, like-minded, like-hearted women in business? On-the-record sponsorship opportunities will provide you with just that and more. Over half a million women business owners and corporate professionals connected, 1,500-plus women's business events yearly, and the largest four-day international conference produced annually. Over a quarter million monthly listeners are eager to learn about your business. Call Tammy Markham at 512-914-3952. That's 512-914-3952 to secure your sponsorship spots today. And we're back on the record. So what what kind of... Knowing, like, I guess I, I would call them intuitive hits or something, but what, like, what is that like? What's that experience like for you? How do you sense that? It's well, I used to not not be able to know. So until I was 23, when I went to a, actually a shaman um, named Peter Geiler and who brought movement therapy to the West Coast in Seattle in 1993, I could not not know and feel like I was totally empathic. And I could feel everything everyone felt and know everything about them. And I didn't know how to turn it off. 
And it was, Mm. there were so many people living in such despair that when I was in a city and all these people were walking toward me, it was so much despair, it was overwhelming for me to feel. And so I went to the shaman, Peter, when I was 23, and he really... He really, you know, he showed me how to be more discerning about it. And so, you know, I I just kind of, until I was 23 too, my ego was really attached. I wanted to know when I worked with someone and I wanted to feel exactly what they were feeling and I wanted to know how it felt. But then, you know, especially when I moved to Nashville, it's just like, you know, I know these things about this person and sometimes people aren't willing or ready to change even though, I see it, and but they might need to hold on to it for whatever reason they need to hold on to it. So, you know, it's like um, somebody could have something wrong in their, behind their, you know, in their knee, which the knee is, you know, if you go and look at Carolyn Mays' stuff, like for injury, the knee is the mother. And so, you know, somebody's got something really wrong with your knee and then I work on it and I know the energy has been released from it and it's really no longer there and it's really is healed but they need to hold on to it on an emotional level then it's not going to be changed mm. and and I'm really okay with it not being uh, I'm okay with where, wherever they need to be like I'm not attached to what they receive all I'm there is a is a just like an artist on stage pours out their soul and their heart and their healing abilities to this entire audience of people. And, I mean, I've worked with artists that have touched millions and millions of people's lives. And, you know, there are going to be some people that are profoundly affected by that and some people that aren't so much. And so it's the same thing with doing the work I do with people. It's like, you know, I I extend... You know, I'm a vessel for what's coming through me, and then either they get it or they don't. Um, And if they don't get it, I believe they get it anyway. So because somewhere in them there's been a seed planted, or Mm. they have, or they did experience a really big shift um, for them, you know. And then it's like food for thought at that point. It's like you know, like healing people in airports. Why would walk up, you know, sit next to somebody, go, you have a migraine headache, and they're like, how did you know that? I don't know, it's just what I do. And then I help relieve it from their head, and then it's gone. And I'm like, well, you're a little dehydrated, drink some water, have a great day. You know, God or their higher power, or whatever you want to call it, just touched their life. And it's undeniable. But I was just the vehicle for that to happen. So... You know, it's about being fearless. It's about For me, it's about fearlessly witnessing. For an artist on stage who's really made it, it's like how come some people struggle and struggle and struggle their entire life and they're not that star? It's, not be- it's because they're not supposed to be. It's not their destiny. But the people that do make it on stage, that do touch millions of people's lives, like, you know, um, Annie Lennox, Thing, you know, Carlos Santana, ton, you know, I can name tons of artists that I've know and touched their lives, and they've touched millions of people's lives. So it's, you know, they're supposed to be there. People used to say to me, how come you get to work at the Grammys? 
well, I because I'm supposed to be there. I don't you know what do I tell I mean, it's like well, I don't know. I'm supposed to be there. So, do you ever yeah. think it's a case though of maybe the person has been in their own way, and they just for whatever reason never get out of their own way? Absolutely, yeah. And what happens for me is my time is really precious. So if if you come to me and you lay on my table once, I'm totally all about hearing what's going on and knowing and witnessing and relating and relaying and all that. You come and lay on my table twice and it's the same words and the same patterns and nothing's changed and you're still stuck, there's never a third time. Because there's people, there's too many people waking up right now who are wanting to be relieved of the patterns and the crap in their life that they just need tools for to stop doing the behavior and truly be witnessed. Like, you know, it's like really kind of strange if you, you know, hear people, you know, I meet someone and they don't know me from Jack and, you know, and I'm like, oh, well, when you were 12, you broke your ankle um, playing touch football and then you broke your nose uh, when you you know your brother was swinging a bat backwards and you your mother's really really sick she's really sick uh, yeah you need to, when's the last time you talked to her oh, I don't know a couple months well you need to call her you know it's just like from a stranger and so I think the thing for me about working in the music industry especially is that when you tell the truth it opens the doors to vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, that's, so just by witnessing the truth to these people who didn't know me from anyone, it really opened the doors for me to be able to help them to a larger extent. So when they are standing on that stage, they're 100% in their authentic being, sharing their gifts with the world. So... Yeah, and that's probably important because in the music industry, it's probably sort of rare that somebody actually gets the truth. You know, you get especially the Absolutely. more the more popular yeah. you are, the more crap you get fed to your, you know, oh, you're the greatest thing ever, and which could be true at the same time, but it's all just uh, sort of I don't know, gossip's not the right word. I can't think of what the right word would be, but. Um, you know, just, I used to call uh, it the gravy train. Like, you know, yeah. who's the head of the gravy train for Sony this year? And that person, you know, has all of these people behind them that they're responsible for their livelihoods, which yeah. which isn't even in their consciousness because their managers are handling it all. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I think really good, you know, like I believe people that um, take control over their own Artists who take control over their own careers, Shania Twain is one of them. Um, the, you know, the Dixie Chicks did, you know, toward the end. Um, there's, you know, several other artists that I know who really took control over their own careers because Annie Lennox does not care what people think mm-hmm. and surround themselves with people that are, you know, as spiritually minded as they are. And when that happens, then... It's a really amazing team of people that create a lot of magic in the world. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and I think, too, it's just, you know, and then people in the industry who aren't the artist, um, 
it's such a dog-eat-dog world. And, and, you know, there, I've seen backstabbing happening and people try, but it's all fear-based. So right. it's, a, it's fear of, you know, um, an illusion that mm-hmm. they have to have this or do this or, you know, it's like just be who you are and be authentic and be, you know, kind and, you know, do your passion and it'll all fall into place. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about like the business side of things. So how, you know, you're, you're, you've got introduced to Emmylou Harris and started working with her and that sort of, I guess, opened some doors. At what point did you were like, yeah, this is a a viable business and now I've kind of got to put on my business hat and, and do that. Like how did that happen for you? Yeah, you know the. I think the downs. You know what I could. What I could say. One thing that I. I mean, I really had to learn how to be a business person, and I needed to learn how to do every aspect of the business. And the biggest part that I hate, you know, that I don't like, is the financial minutia part. And I believe that you know, it either. If you're going to start a business, either be married to somebody or have a partner with somebody that is that person that you can really trust to handle that side of the business for you or, you know, just find a really, you know, have that be your first hire is someone who can really help you manage the minutia of the business because creative people aren't necessarily good business people. So I could say that I really, you know, I was a very innovative business person I knew what people needed. I knew how to create it. I knew how to source it. I knew how to package it. I knew how to, you know, get it into the marketplace. I knew all that. But the minutia details of accounting and billing and, you know, accounts receivable, and that for me was like the hardest part because I didn't care. Yeah. And, um, and and I, you know, and every time something came up that I had to deal with on that realm, I would go create another product because I would I would be I would gravitate back to what was easy for me instead of this and I would just ignore it. Mm. And you can't do that in business. I mean it's you know, um there's a huge gold rush on you know, in the in the marijuana industry right now and and the biggest downfall for most of these people that are getting into that that business is that they are not business people. And so, you know, it's just like right now, no matter what kind of business you start, if you're the creative mind and the intuitive mind and the, you know, innovative mind, you're going to have to hire or have a business partner who is the business mind. And I lack in that area. And it was the biggest, you know, I should have taken Vocalese worldwide. It was the biggest artist-endorsed throat spray on the market. Everybody used it, everyone, because I cared about taking care of those people, which is the new paradigm of business. The new paradigm of business is how do you, again, it's like take care of the people and the money will follow. Because everything is either service-oriented or product-oriented. And if it's product or service-oriented, it goes to the people. So you are Mm -hmm. taking care of them either through services or products. And so, you know, if you just do that to the best of 
in the best way you know how, then that minutia business number crunching person is going to be there with you. Two questions I think that are really important when you have a really amazing idea for business and and you know that you can create it um, and you want to partner with someone, the biggest question to ask that per- person who you want to bring on as your partner is, are you ready for success? Mm, yeah. Because there's so many people, even healing-wise, I I could walk up to someone and say to them, you know, and just like go, oh, I, I see your arm is in a sling and you have a hairline fracture and you tripped over your dog's chain. Like I could tell them the whole thing that happened. And I could even say, not only could I tell them exactly what happened, then I could go, you know what, I could really help you. I could help fix it. And they're like, oh, no, no, that's okay. Even though I just gave them every bit of information they needed, they weren't ready to receive it. Yeah. So in business, you know, some people are like, oh, I want to be a multimillionaire. Do you really? Do you know what kind of responsibility goes along with that? And, you know, how much work it takes to make that happen and then be responsible for the outcome because money is energy and that's a lot of energy that you're going to have to hold and manage and understand and, you know, be responsible for. And I don't, I don't think people, you know, I, I think a lot of times the biggest question to ask someone who is coming into business with you is, are you ready to be successful? If you're ready, because if the answer is no and they're really not ready, then it, it's, it's going to hold you back and it's not going to succeed. And, right. Um, you know, that's, so that's a really big one. And there's another, uh, I was just having a train of thought, but yeah, so, you know, that's, that's really important. I just think, you know, having a really good business person, you know, minutia person, you know, somebody who's really anal retentive and has to fold all their socks a certain way and put them in the drawer in a certain way. And, you know, it's like, you know, before you hire that minutia person, say, you know, well, can I come over can to, you know, your, can sock I come to your house? Yeah. I mean, you know, how do you fold your clothes? And Oh, you do it like that. Oh, your towel always has to be in this position. Okay, you're hired. <laughs> Oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So how how did you come about with finding your financial person? You know, I it was it was all uh well I really didn't and that's really why I, I you know, I ended up selling my company because I I just after thirteen and a half years of me just basically doing it by myself, I was so tired of the the business part, not the healing part, but like the product development, product, you know, and I, I, like I created the structure. I built all the walls. I built the foundation. I had everything ready to go. And I sold it to a company who I, you know, a young entrepreneur who speaks about entrepreneurship all over the country and stuff, but it, it wasn't his gig, but it was a great deal. And so he took it but then it's not really flourishing because it's not his focus. It's like I birthed the baby and then it was a 13 and a half year old. They could, you know, make its own decision. You know, it's like at 13 and a half, you you pretty much, you're, you know, 
you're almost driving a car. So, you know, it's not like handing them a two-year-old, like a business that's two years old who needs a lot of, you know, pampering and nurturing and love and, you know, diapers changed. It's a 13-and-a-half-year-old. And so I was a little disappointed by, you know, by the way it turned out a little bit, but um, because I don't believe that organization has an innovator like I am. I don't believe that they have someone who's, you know, who really cares about the people the way I do. And mm. But I've let it go. You know, it's like, okay, you're 13 and a half. You can, you know, it's time to go. And so it, it's left. And, you know, and, and I've learned a lot of things. And some of the things I've shared with you tonight, it's like, yeah, you know, you've got to hire a good business person um, who loves money. You know, do you love money? Yes. Okay, great. Do you fold your socks and put them in the drawer in a certain way? Yes. Okay, great. You're hired. <laughs> you know, two prerequisites. Do you love money? Yeah. <laughs> that is so awesome. Yeah. You should, like, write a book about, like, take all these different aspects of business people and what they need. Here's the qualifications. You need to X and then you need to X. And you could probably put up this like comedic book, you know, like if you're this, if you're into advertising, then you should do this and your kitchen will look like that. And, you know, right. Yeah. I mean, do you place the words on your refrigerator in actual sentences? Yeah, exactly. Oh, Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, you know, life is really, it's not such a, you know, life is a complex simplicity. And I believe that what's happening is we're coming into an age of collaboration. And that's the other thing. It's like, you know, me, 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 you know, everyone wanting to, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, but if, if you know, two other people, you're thinking about starting a soap company and you know two other people that are also doing it but they have different skills than you, then you all three should probably really work together and create an amazing soap company instead yeah. of all three of you individually competing against each other collaborate. So I think collaboration is also the new paradigm. I don't, you know, I believe we are in it. We, you know, we, it's not like we're still waiting for it to happen. We're in it now. And, um, and you know, artists are doing it through their music and putting it all out there on their own and not going through the labels anymore and, you know, really taking their power back. And I, I think that, it, that that's how it is. It's like where, you know, create a cottage industry, you know, create something that you love that you can, even if it's just trading it in your neighborhood with your neighbors, um, for different things that they do, you know, and create a sustainable community, create collaboration and cooperation and taking care of each other because the things that come out of that, whether they be, you know, in the in the way of a, you know, green dollar bill or, you know, a hundred dollar bill or, you know, a thousand dollar bill or, you know, eggs from your neighbor's chickens, it's still energy and you know if I had something to trade for eggs with my neighbor and I got to eat these amazing fresh you know non-GMO you know non-hormonal like amazing farm fresh eggs 
I mean, how rich is that? I mean, pretty soon it's going to be extinct in America if we don't start really encouraging and working with and holding up each other in our own sustainability on this planet. Yeah. So. Yeah, collaboration. It's, that's it's important in absolutely every aspect of life for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there's a big movement now too with like conscious business and conscious consumerism. Um, where people are realizing that, you know, people are voting with their dollars and we've got to start listening to the people and giving people what they want and also being stewards of the planet. I mean, we're we're on the, the verge of the, uh, you know, the sixth mass extinction. And, right. you know, people have got to definitely get in touch with, get out of that material thing and go inside and find their their inner strengths and right. let the fear the fear dissipate the illusion of fear you know yeah i mean i really believe that it's i mean we really i believe that we have to start focusing on saving ourselves because this mm-hmm. plant, we live on a planet and so you know it's always evolving and changing and adapting but we are the, you know, like we're we're being. I wanted to write a book a long time ago called called My Government Is Killing Me because when I started being a plumber, I was using lead solder. Well, you breathe in lead, you're you know you're gonna die. <laughs> so, mm. you know, and then the food that we eat, and you know, and just the FDA and the medical and the things that getting on. Now I'm getting on a different rant, but <laughs> you know, it's I, I just believe that. You know, again, back to, you know, it's about what do we need to take care of each other? And, you know, and and people still, you know, they still run these things like, you know, I want to be a millionaire. We're going to make millions of dollars. Well, why don't you just go, we're going to take care of millions of people and just know that millions of dollars are going to come. Why do you have Mm -hmm. to proclaim that you're going to make millions of dollars? Why don't you just go help millions of people and see how that works out? Yeah, said take care of the people and the money will follow. That's Absolutely. that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you should trademark that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about. So there has been this huge um, shift in the music industry, and, and artists are now able to take control of their own careers. Did you ever have conversations with some of the big names about you know how they feel about that? And I'm sure there was probably two sides of the spectrum. Like some of them were like, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? You know, I can't sell CDs because it's not, you know, what people are doing anymore. And then other people were like, oh, this is great. Now I don't have to, you know, get a dollar for every CD I sell. I can get $10 for every CD I sell. What kind of, what did you see within artists as this shift occurred? Well, the larger artists, the problem was really the only way that they were going to make money for the gravy train was to tour. And so a lot of artists were driven into the ground by the touring schedules. They just got, I mean, it was like, you know, I mean, I know some artists that toured like they they would perform six days on and one day off and five days on and three days off. And, you know, for a year or three years. I mean, I know one band that toured for three years Mm. and they were exhausted. They were, you know, 
they toured all over Europe and Asia and America, but they were exhausted. And the good thing today about touring, because a lot of the, you know, a lot of the artists that I know are older now, um, is that, you know, like uh, Linkin Park has a gluten-free chef that they take on the road with them. And, you know, Shania's band, they, you know, they're all into yoga and, and eating really, really healthy and um, meditating. And, and a lot of artists that are at that caliber, a lot more artists at that caliber are really getting into, they they realize that their vessel that they've been gifted with, their bodies have to be in really good shape to do the work because the money doesn't just come in through music anymore. It comes in through their body physically being available to the people. And and then, you know, other bands, um, you know, I, I think if somebody came up with a really amazing product and did affiliations with all these bands that aren't really, you know, they're selling some CDs, but, you know, everyone's created a website and, it's like, you know, how can you plug in affiliate programs so they can make money, you know, just kind of like on the slide from people just ordering things from them for somebody else where there's affiliate programs set up. So I see a lot of musician pages that have affiliate programs on them now. Um, you know, the you know, like the more um, fourth tier, third tier, second tier, you know, artists, the second tier artists tour Europe a lot. They they make a lot more money in Europe than they do in the United States. Um, but the artists that are out, out on the road in the U.S., um, the big artists, the big touring artists, they you know they have an opportunity to eat healthier and and bring their families with them and you know and and um, there's a lot more harmony in the in the groups than there used to be. Um, but people are really, I mean, they work their asses off out on the road. And you never know what day it is, what town you're in, what time it is. I mean, it's just a fact. <laughs> so, yeah. I did the wow. tour bus thing for a while, and I'm like, yeah, I, it's it's really hard to take care of me and take care of them when they're out partying. And, you know, and then the next day they're, you know, they're like, you know, in a world of hurt because they've been, you know, whatever they've been doing the night before. and it was just so I, you know, that's when I decided to not actually be on the road anymore. And I just, I, I really like doing the TV circuit music um, show, shows better. It was a lot calmer and it was hectic, but it was, you know, all the energy was contained in one spot. So I liked that better. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers. eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who have been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events, featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. 
and once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. Would you like to travel? Would you like to travel more frequently? How about even having your own personal travel agent, including having 24-7 access to a very user-friendly website to book your travel as well? Look no further than Discount Travel Vacation. Robert Hernandez Jr. is a certified travel consultant and can help you with any of your travel needs. Anything from travel transportation by air, train, or car through well-known companies you have probably used at some time in your life. Also, pages and pages of hotels to choose from that you would normally stay at. The differences in booking your travel with Discount Travel Vacation is the one-on-one care you get from having your own personal travel agent, to the very engaging website to book your travel through, to the many discounts you will have access to. There are also lots of other travel options to choose from, such as vacation packages and cruises. Do not delay. Check out his site today, discounttravel.vacation.com. And we're back on the record. So how did you go about getting booked on stuff like the Grammys and Country Music Awards? Um, well, I, uh, I was in Nashville, so I worked on, I actually went once a month to the CMA, the Country Music Award office, and I worked on, um, Tammy Genovese was the vice president and the president at the time, and Bobette Dudley, who passed, um, she was the production coordinator, and she would bring me in to the um, to the festival, you know, to the shows to work on the artists, and um, and then Tisha Fine was the talent executive for the Grammys, and so I worked at the Grammys for five years, and uh, when the cassettes uh, were producing it, and. And I also worked on, you know, but I also worked on the production staff and, I, you know, I really helped out and brought, I would contact the natural organic companies and get them to send me a lot of free product and I would pass it out to the camera people and Topperson, you know, I'll plug Topperson. It's an amazing product. Um, it's a, it's like a natural aspirin-based cream and if you put it on before you perform, the lactic acid doesn't, when it builds up in your muscle, you don't feel like you got hit by a freight train because it, it's a there's you know that aspirin factor that's already in the muscle tissue. Hmm. So um, Topperson is a phenomenal product that you know artists have used. I've turned them on to, and they do use on the road. Um, yeah, Crew Brew was an amazing product. Um, I gave out at the Grammy Awards one year an artist emergency kit that had products that I developed and then other products that other organic companies developed that I knew worked. Um, Gaiam made an amazing product called Sound Sleep. But now, and, and, I, and I was really hooked on Sound Sleep, but um, Calm, all the production managers that whose brains don't know how to shut off, um, mm. They they take calm because it has magnesium in it. And it's really good for sleep, and it also keeps you regular. So two, <laughs> that's very plays, important. <laughs> yeah, it plays two roles. I mean, that's a big problem on the road. Yeah. 
I want to go back to just a little bit because this kind of fascinates me. Like people who talk <laughs> about that they can see energy and stuff. Yeah. So is it like auras? Is it like a fuzz around the body? Like what do you what do you see when you see, yeah. look at, at these energy blocks you know, and like stagnation? See, yeah, like um, this. You know, here's an example. This gentleman in Chicago read about me in Allure magazine, and he called and said, you know, I've got to come see you and and so he drove down from Chicago, and I set an appointment up with him, and I laid him on my table, and I put my hands on him, and um, I saw this movie happen in my brain that when he was eight, he was actually sexually molested, um, a 10-year-old boy in his neighborhood, and and I was just like, um, I told him the story, and it was true, and he had never shared it with anyone, and so, you know, he did a lot of releasing, and so I see movies. Um, a better example is um, I was wor- there were, I was at um, a music festival. I was at the Nashville Music Festival in uh, Nashville, and I met this artist, uh, and I just started rubbing her shoulders. She was sitting there, and I started rubbing her shoulders, and I said, "You need to go see your gynecologist like tomorrow," and. I was just really adamant about it. Like, I just knew, I just kept getting that message that she needed to go to the doctor. She really needed to go to the doctor. And so I shared that with her, and I was very, you know, I, I, I'm like, you know, I, I know things. I'm telling you this. It's really important. You really need to listen. I hope you listen. And then I never saw her again for, like, three years. And I was at um, the, the CMT Awards, and... I was friends with her manager, and um, she came up, and, and, you know, he introduced me to her, and she goes, oh, Sha, oh, my God, I've been looking for you for three years. And I'm like, what? And she goes, you saved my life. And I'm like, what, you used my throat spray? Like, I don't know what she's talking about because I don't remember what I tell people because it's not my message. So I just share the message, and I don't hold on to it. And she's like, no, you told me that I needed to go see my gynecologist and I thought you were crazy, but you kept being in my mind. And so I made an appointment at Winch because I had cancer cells in my cervix. Wow. And and so I'm really, it's like, I'm really happy that she listened. And, yeah. I'm, you know, and I'm, and I'm always grateful that I can share information with people like that. So, you know, it's effortless for me. It's just like, it's like, you know, Beyonce being on stage and singing, it's effortless. It's like B.B. McGill, who's her guitar player, playing the guitar the way she does. It's effortless because that's their gift. I mean, that's it's just a gift. It's like, you know, the thing about being at the Grammys was I always felt like, well, you know, I was never intimidated by anyone um, except Sting because he has a really dry sense of humor. But... Um, <laughs> But he's British. I just, and, he, and he's British, right. And so, you know, he always intimidated me, but I got to know him. He's a really cool guy. But, um, you know, I just I just really, I just, it's just, I, I knew that I was as gifted as any artist at the Grammy Awards. I just had a different gift. That's all. And yeah. um, including the camera people. I mean, they're all gifted in the way that they shoot and, you know, the audio people are gifted in the way that they can record sound. And, 
you know, it's it's just bringing all of our gifts together to create this amazing thing called, you know, live music television. And um, and I just, you know, I, I get the support. Again, I get to heal the healers who are healing the world and the people that are supporting them. And I'm really I'm extremely humbled by that and grateful for it. And I have been my whole life. And, uh, you know, I always share it as a gift. So... I get paid to work on people and I get paid to be at events, but I don't really have a set thing that I have to do. And um, I just get to be there and share what I share with the people I'm supposed to share it with because I don't work on everybody. I always... Yeah, I was going to say, is there some kind of discernment for you? Like, um, because I would imagine like if, you know, if I didn't know you and you came walking up to me and you're like, you know, this happened to you when you're 12 and blah, 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 I would be like, holy crap, you know, like, have you ever had pushback? And then how do you know that it's okay to go up and, talk, you know, tell that total stranger this really intimate detail about their life? Well, because I trust my knowing. Mm. So my my leading is telling me I wouldn't have the information about them if I wasn't supposed to know it and share it with mm. them. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what I know. It's like I just follow my knowing, and um, and it's really never led me astray. And and it's and I believe that it's you know divine intervention, and it's and I'm just being the vehicle who clearly listens to the knowing. And so yeah. Um, I mean, I love it, I, and I love I love the shock factor too. I mean, I have to tell you, it's, really pretty, it's pretty funny sometimes, you know. And most of the time, it's like, well, holy shit, what else do I need to know, you know? And I'm like, well, you need to do this and do this and do that, and you know, because you open that door, and once you open the door, it's like, whoa. And yeah. you know, I mean, I've I've you know I've told people stuff just standing there, and they just burst into tears and. You know, it's just like they know that their life has been touched by something extraordinary in that moment because it's nothing but pure truth. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Well, we are coming near the end. And is there any final words of wisdom that you would like to share with us? Yeah, I I think... um, it's it's really about, you know, like we're in a time of self-love and, um, and collaboration. And I believe that, you know, for everyone listening, it's just, you know, how much do you really love yourself right now, right this moment? Because I also know that this is true. When everything is completely okay on the inside, it is completely okay on the outside. But if it's chaotic on the inside, it's going to create chaos on the outside because we are a reflection and walk into our reflections while we're moving through this world. And so the more we love ourselves and the more everything is okay on the inside, it creates a gentler, more loving environment to walk through on the outside. And that, that's what I know is truth. So, yeah. 
Well, folks, that wraps up another episode of On the Record. Tune in next week. <laughs>